0: to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer, with Gene Galvin and me, I am Maria Carelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. And ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Jerry Springer! Oh, thank you! Oh! I gotta tell you, Maria, you never looked so good.
1: Thank you, Mary. Thank you very much, Jerry, and you too.
0: Yeah.
1: No, look. Uh, Maria no, I don't Cor- want to look. No, no, yeah, right. Yeah. Maria Corelli, our third voice, When we love Maria. She's so, you know, great for our podcast. She's yep. a singer-songwriter, and that's uh, one of the many reasons why we want her to be part of our team of three. And uh, sometimes we switch up the days when we record the podcast. This was one of those, and she had some shows uh, set. And that's why Maria's not here, so uh, she'll be back. Um, By the way, tonight, I'm real stoked about this. We have the Nashville Celts. This is a really high-level Roots Music Group, Nashville, Tennessee. They've been on PBS. They have had a a PBS special. They're performing tomorrow night at Ludlow Garage, which is a phenomenal venue in the Cincinnati area. It has long history, and you were part of that way back in the...
0: 1970s, oh, probably. Oh, I, I, I made musical history.
1: Actually, 1969, probably.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, you did. I mean, you. That, <laughs> it, it anyway, Ludlow Garage was yes. a phenomenal venue. Yes. It went dark it for some years. Now it's back, been back for a few years. And so Nashville Celts are performing at the Ludlow Garage. By the way, if you're seeing this on our... hearing it on our live stream or seeing it on Facebook Live. Wave to the camera there, Jerry. That's Facebook Live. Oh! Millions of people on the other side of that. I would have worn a suit.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, You don't have breasts, so I don't know why you're going like that. What's he doing? What is that? I don't know why he's even doing
0: that. Well, I'm getting older. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, don't don't be so sure there's no summer on the beach this year I'll tell you that
1: (laughs) anywho um, (laughs) so uh, anyway the Nashville Celts will be coming on and then also we're going to ask Jerry to talk about the saber rattling and drum drum beat for at least by John Bolton for war in Iran and who knows who else so we're going to talk about that Um, something's kind of bothering me I, I wonder if if somebody's Zooming us, because a couple shows ago, uh, I raised the question of why couldn't you and I and Maria, yeah. the Jerry Springer Trio, old, yes. old school folk trio, Peter, Paul and Mary, Kingston Trio. Lone- I don't lighters,
0: think they would want to necessarily have been put in the same sentence Really? As the Jerry Springer Trio? No, I don't think... I, I don't, to the Chad Mitchell Trio and no, the Jerry Springer think, Trio are no, not the same level. I don't see them as saying, boy, remember when Gene, Jerry, and Maria got together? <laughs> yeah. Well, Maria wow.
1: wasn't even born yet by yeah, a long look, shot.
0: By I'm long. not sure her parents were born no, yet. No, or her grandparents weren't even dating.
1: <laughs> no, probably not. Anyway, um, so I auditioned you. I brought my guitar a couple shows ago, and I had you sing down by... On the Banks of the Ohio. On the Banks
0: of the Ohio.
1: Because we are literally just about on the Banks on the of the banks Ohio. On the Banks of the Ohio.
0: It's the perfect song for, for, yeah.
1: And you apparently did not meet the standards of the Whispering Beard Folk Festival. This is the point. What do you mean I didn't? Well, here, well, let me just tell you what happened. What? So you sang Banks of the Ohio. And, and very well. And Catfish, the owner of the Whispering Beard Folk yes. Festival, was out there because yeah. he also owns Folk School. Yes, yes. And then he came in and said, oh, I'm going to put you guys on the main stage, and you can have your pick. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. You can either take Wednesday or Sunday. But then they went online. The festival was Thursday it's through a... Saturday. They're messing with us. Oh. And they banked oh. on, they, they banked on we
0: were too stupid to go on the website. Well, that's and a safe you in the bet. Well, <laughs> you got to hand it to them for but really? So we're not in it. I've been telling no, I, everyone. I, I suppose
1: we could go down I've there with practicing. me and my guitar and go down and stand in the grass of Schmale Park. That's where it's happening. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but there might be some people uh, having their dogs urinate or something. that might look over at us. Well, but no, there
0: won't be. The festival will be gone. happens when I sing. Yeah, yeah, by Sunday. Yeah. No. Oh. Not, but the banks of the Ohio, it They're would be song. perfect. Yeah. Hit it again. Mm. Hit it again. I ask my, I ask to my love to take a walk it's called to take Mary. a walk to take a walk down down beside where the waters, waters flow down by the banks of the Ohio. Ohio I held her night
1: Shut, Shut up. Uh, Darn. Hey, I had this idea. Thank you. No, please. please. Don't no, you know. no, no. Stop. Stop. <laughs> no, 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 no. i got this idea. You know, I'm the executive
0: producer of the podcast. You know, <laughs> what I love is not even you can say it with a straight face. No, That's <laughs> right. Just, just the whole notion. Yeah.
1: So I'm the executive. I'm not the producer. I'm the executive, the executive.
0: producer. Oh.
2: oh.
1: The producers are under me. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, you know, uh, because you made cracks about it, my car I got from my mom. It's a 1983 Plymouth Reliant. No, it's not a collector's item. It's just an old Beater K car. Nobody wants it, but it's all I can afford. And I was thinking, I know you have what I'm going to call, is what you rich people, how you refer to your toys, you have a lightly used Maserati. Is that not true? Yeah. A lightly used Maserati.
0: You're not getting anywhere near it. (laughs) I guess that kills it. I don't care how long you've rehearsed this story, (laughs) but it's not going anywhere. Because my idea was this. What was your idea? (laughs)
2: Let's
0: hear what your idea would have been. As
1: (laughs) As you can imagine, the podcast business requires going to the post office Occasionally go on to the store for lunchtime. i got to go get a sandwich or something. But there's business to be done, and I need wheels. Why can't the podcast car be that Maserati? Why can't that be the podcast car? I would even put a decal on the side for tax purposes if need be, whatever, Jerry Springer podcast, get a logo, and have that be the podcast car. You see what I'm saying? (laughs)
0: <laughs> testing one two yeah, yeah. one two <laughs>
1: wait a second is this on yeah. check check sibilance
0: yeah. sibilance check yeah. check check yeah uh, uh no yeah no but uh, otherwise look if you ever need to get someplace yeah get an uber yeah well get the lift is bus. cheaper yeah All your years talking about the uh, Ludlow City Bus. I never see
1: that come through town. Is that just some bullshit or something? Where'd that come from, the Ludlow City Bus? And you'll never see my Maserati come (laughs) through (laughs) this
0: (laughs) town. So there you go.
1: Hey, uh, on June 5th, we're going to record a couple shows here at Folk School. And the fact is, on June 1st, a team of us, and I've mentioned this a couple times before, but now it's upon us a team of us made up of eventually 30 paddlers in three picture French-Canadian trapper canoes, canoes that can handle 10 people each, with men and women paddling, and then some others of us riding the roadways along the Ohio River, speaking of the banks of the Ohio. And we're going to go from Portsmouth, Ohio, to Louisville, Kentucky. It's about 250 river miles. And we're doing it, one, because it's going to be fun, camp out every night, and we're going to digitally map the Ohio River as a trail, as a recreational trail for paddlers and, and power boaters and is- cyclists, and we're going to be coming through Ludlow coincidentally and camping across the Ohio River in a place called Gilday Park, just across from where Ludlow is at, in this park. So I'm going to do the podcast and probably try to bring some people who are the paddlers to be here as part of the audience and maybe we'll interview somebody. But this is, uh, it's not only going to be fun, but it's a good thing because then in the future, somebody could take a cell phone who wants to in the summer or fall or spring, whatever, ride a bike, you know, extended miles along the Ohio River. They'll know where the places to eat are, the places to camp. From here to Louisville. From here to Louisville's the second half, when we get here on that Wednesday, we will have done the first half about why wouldn't you miles. just fly there? I never thought of
0: that. You, <laughs> you can just... get there other than like pedaling your ass off: for yeah, eight I, days you know about I never thought three of miles from here is the greatest Cincinnati airport, and you get a flight to so yeah, you don't get wet. yeah. And you're there in... Is that Maserati sure as hell ain't going there, is it? Oh, no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'll take the Maserati along the Ohio River.
1: Yeah, not likely, huh? Right. <laughs> not
0: likely. Anyway, it should be, uh,
1: should be a lot of fun and... Of course, um, can't take
0: my plane anymore.
1: <laughs> no, because you don't have a private plane anymore, do you? Sold it, baby! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world. How do you like standing in those lines and having those people frisk you and all that stuff? Oh man, that is just
0: That's some bullshit, isn't it? It is. is. They you know, and it's not like people, you know, they I get on the plane Mm -hmm. and I'm like the first one on. Yeah. And then it's not like the other people wait for another plane. No, they
1: get on with you.
0: They come right on with me.
1: Good and either. I said,
0: excuse me, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting, on, I'm sitting this here. Is, and I had the reservation, I had the, yeah, ticket, yeah, the ticket, and they put other people on. I mean, that's kind of rude.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, how the
1: mighty have fallen.
2: It's
1: always, it's always fun, you know. You look up on that hill and you say, man, one of these days I'm going to pull that guy off that hill. Boy, they pulled you off the yeah. hill. Actually, they really haven't because because we're joking around here. But you're probably going to be as rich as ever because you're starting the Jerry Springer
0: Judge Jerry Show.
1: Yes. That's about to happen.
0: But as long as I keep doing this podcast, I will not be as rich as ever. uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, well. I just thought I'd throw that in, guys. (laughs) Well,
1: some others of us have to have lives, too. You know, I mean, come on, come on. Hey, uh, let's, you know, we're joking around here, but war is no joke. And there's, uh, there is talk among, in some circles about, oh, my God, are we going to get into a scrap with Iran that could be serious? Yeah. What's your, what's your take on that?
0: Well, a scrap with Iran would, uh, it wouldn't be a scrap. It, 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 it could ultimately end up in a world war. Uh, interesting, uh, just to start with a little history uh, next week it'll be the 105th anniversary of the Archduke of, of Austria who was the heir apparent to the head of uh, Austria-Hungary, the empire he was the heir apparent and he was assassinated in Sarajevo in, in Serbia and that incident which obviously made headline news that day that it happened. It was an assassination, certainly not the only time a political leader. And he wasn't yet a leader. He was just the heir apparent. And he and his wife were assassinated uh, while riding in a car in a parade there. The background is that the Austrian-Hungary Empire, Serbia, wasn't happy to be in there because it was a combination of Germanic people and of Slavic people. And the Serbian, Slavic, didn't like being dictated to by Austria. And so it was a Serbian that that killed him. Austria felt it had to respond. They made demands on Serbia, basically, that Austria could come in and basically take over their country, or they would go to war. Germany is on Austria's border, one border, And then the other border of Germany was Russia. And Russia felt compelled to back the Serbians if Austria went into Serbia and started a war. Germany, because they were Germanic people and were afraid of Russia, felt that it had to back Austria. So all of a sudden, this one incident brought Austria, Russia, Serbia and Germany into a war. There was something else. Russia had a pact with France, and their pact was that if either one of them got attacked by Germany, the other would come to their aid. The reason was both Russia and France were afraid of Germany. Germany was a much more powerful military, but they figured since they both surrounded Germany, Germany would have to fight a two-front war. If Germany is at war with Russia and with France, it's got to fight on the Eastern Front and the Western Front, and therefore Germany could be defeated. So as soon as Russia thought that Germany was going to attack it, France came in, and it declared war on Germany. So now suddenly you got Russia, Germany, France... Serbia, Austria, and now of course there's England. England is afraid. Oh, when Germany went in to attack France, they went through Belgium. Well, Belgium was a neutral country, but England had a pact with Belgium that they would protect their being a neutral country. So as soon as the Germans went through Belgium to get to France, England was in a war with Germany. So this one little incident started World War I where 20 million people were killed. 20 million. The war went on through And eventually the United States came in. And we came in because our shipping was uh, blown up by the Germans as we were uh, sending materials and just trading with England. They sunk our ships, sunk our passenger ships, and so we were brought into the war. That's how it happens. His name was Franz Ferdinand, right? Uh, Archduke Ferdinand, yes. Absolutely. He was the one that was assassinated by the Serbian. So, I tell you that story because oftentimes wars don't start because one country wants to take over another. Mistakes and miscommunication and egos... And individual personalities result in, in this case, a world war. 1962 satellites show pictures of Soviet missiles in Cuba. And thank God, Kennedy was a grown up and was able to look at these missiles in Cuba, recognized they couldn't stay there. It was a threat to the United States, 90 miles from our shore, but he avoided a war by smart diplomacy and negotiation and finally set up a a blockade and Khrushchev uh, withdrew the missiles and uh, the ships turned back. Now, what is in today's headlines are that our satellite pictures have Iranian ships carrying missiles that America is concerned could be aimed at American troops in Iraq and in other places in the Middle East. And you've got a guy like Trump who keeps putting out these tweets of how we're going to burn Iran and wipe it off the face of the earth and stuff like that. But there's another interpretation that has some real strong basis to it. And that interpretation is, yes, those are missiles on the Iranian ships. But the fact is, Iran believes that the United States is ready with Trump and Bolton, our national security advisor, that America is ready to attack Iran. And if you were purely objective and not part of either country, you would say, well, Iran's got reason to fear that. First of all, America's history with Iran ever since 1953 is pretty bad. America and England were involved in the toppling of the Iranian prime minister, um, Mossadegh, back in 1953 and brought in the Shah. And the Shah then was the king of Iran all the way through the 70s. But he became very dictatorial. The people rose up against him, and of course we have then the taking of the hostages at the American Embassy in 1979. And that's when we really started getting bitter relations with Iran. Then, the only bulwark against Iran in the Middle East, beyond Israel, was Iraq. And they had the Iraq-Iranian War in the Middle East in the 1980s. We back Saddam Hussein, in fact, give him some of the weapons that we thought he then still had so that he could beat back Iran. That was the safety valve. Much of the Middle East was willing to tolerate Saddam Hussein because that was the protection against Iran taking over that whole region. So from an Iranian point of view, it is not hard for them to believe that we're ready to attack them again or to do something militarily again. they you know, we hate what they do to us and what they say about us, but it's not as if we've had perfectly clean hands in terms of the society that they have. That's the background. Add to that, Trump pulls out of the nuclear deal we had with Iran and the other countries, and other uh, nuclear countries in the world. We just, Trump just unilaterally withdrew. So all of a sudden, you can't say, look, instead of having a war with Iran, why don't we have the diplomats talk? Why don't we have, because what it's gonna bring Iran to the table now, knowing full well that whatever deal the diplomats work out, America can pull out at any time it wants, because we have. Then we heighten the sanctions on Iran. So we're squeezing them even more. And then the third thing we've done is we've gone to the ally, our allies and said, if you do business with Iran, we're putting sanctions on you. So all I'm saying is all this activity, any rational person, if you're Iranian, would believe America's getting ready to really turn it on us. And Trump's a wacko to begin with. So, uh, you know, I mean, he, goes, he just says crazy things. And that's a dangerous man to have as your commander-in-chief saying, hopefully cooler heads prevail, but this is why we should be afraid. Iran doesn't want a war with America. It knows that an all-out war with America, it, Trump is right, they would be obliterated. And we don't want a war with Iran because it'll result in a world war because the day we get into it it's not just iran suddenly saudi arabia is in it because saudi arabia is in conflict with iran suddenly yemen's in it obviously israel will be in it for good reason so you have israel you have oh and iraq where we have our troops there right now. That's where the missiles will be going to kill our troops in Iraq. So you've got, and Syria. So how many countries can we add here? You've got Israel, Syria, Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, the United States. You don't think Russia's going to come in now? Because it has a stake there. And the entire world economy will take a plunge. Why? Why? because most of the world's oil comes through the Persian Gulf. And as soon as there's war in the Persian Gulf, no tankers can get through. Anything going through will be sunk by one side or the other. So nobody benefits from a war with Iran except the terrorists. You see, no country wants to go to war because a country has something to lose. And the leaders of that country get toppled, and they don't want that. So every, virtually every country in the world would prefer not to be at war, certainly not with the United States. Then why will there, could there be one? It's because these terrorist groups, whether it is the Islamic Revolutionary Guard, whether it's um, the Houthis in Yemen, whether it's... Uh, ISIS, whether it's, um, in other words, Iran, Iran might say to its, it, to its soldiers, cool it, no incidents. But how much control, even though they help fund these terrorist groups, how much control do they really have on terrorist groups? Because terrorist groups want chaos. They're not trying to have a government. They get their point across when everything blows up. You know, when the the terrorists hit uh, the World Trade Center, it isn't because they thought they would rule America. They wanted to create chaos in our economy, in our society, in our democracy. Well, what a wonderful opportunity for the terrorists to blow up the Middle East and Israel and any American any country that America supports. So that's what's scary. The closer Bolton and Trump keep pushing this to the edge, the greater the risk is that one of these terrorist groups won't have the wisdom of Iran or America in not really going to war, but they will ignite something. They will blow up the American barracks someplace. What do they care? They're hiding out someplace. And then what do we do? And that's how it escalates. That's how we get World War III. All right,
1: we want to bring forward the Nashville Celts. And as those guys come in to set up, let me uh, mention a couple things that I know, and then we're going to learn some additional things about them once they're in place. They have an album out. Their latest album is Sons of Sailors was chatting with the group uh, before we started, and one of the members of the group is from Ireland, and the other three are from different parts of uh, the United States. Uh, you can hear them tomorrow night if you choose to go. There are still some tickets available at the Ludlow Garage in the Cincinnati area, and uh, that's a great venue if you haven't been there, and uh, we encourage people if you're listening on the live stream or watching on Facebook Live, that you could do that. And it's Rick, is it not? Rick, how you doing? Great. Nice to meet you, yeah, first it's, of it's all. It's a
3: pleasure to be here.
1: And we really appreciate you guys coming up uh, from Nashville. You guys h- h- recently did uh, a PBS special, yes, right? Yes. Which that, and that's a big deal. That is not easy to be invited to do. So we congratulate you on that. Thank you. And um, Well, yeah.
3: we, uh, thanks so much. Um, yeah, the first one is called Christmas with the Celts. Okay. Uh, uh, and it aired across the country you know, for about three years. Uh, and then a, a couple others like M- Music City Roots, Bluegrass Underground. We're nice. working on a new show with, um, called uh, uh, Roots of Great American Music with Vince Gill, Wow. Oh, wow. Good for you. Good for
0: you. Well, and, of, but what was the real highlight of your career? Hmm. Here tonight. Yeah, right here.
3: <laughs> Jerry here Springer tonight. Podcast. With Jerry Springer. Yeah. Um, I you know, I, I don't know. 1970s. It, it, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Um, before the show started, I was uh, sharing with Jerry. I grew up here in Cincinnati. And uh, I was in a house band at Bogarts.
1: Oh, wow. And uh, wow. since then... A venue near the University of Cincinnati still exists today? That's right. Very popular place. Very yes. Very hip place.
3: Um, and, you know, I, since I moved, I lived in L.A., I was doing film score, you know, music, and, and then uh, to Nashville, where I'm at now. But before I left Cincinnati, there was this gentleman who happened to be the mayor... Mayor and, Jerry Springer? Yes. And it was New Year's Eve. I believe it was 1980, Jerry. I think so. I had a date. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I do know yeah. it was December 31st, because it's New Year's Eve. Yeah. And and Jerry, I was his backup band, you know, yep. or band was his backup band. And, and he, he rocked it. He sang, came up, got up on stage he, and sang? He brought us into the 80s. Oh, yeah.
0: There you yeah, go. go. <laughs> You have any yeah, any? what rec- a wonderful decade that was. <laughs> yes. yeah. Any recollection of
1: what yeah. song he did? Was it, because he only knows a couple songs. Oh, it was think,
0: either Bobby yeah. McGee.
3: Yeah. Uh, Bobby McGee was one of them. Yeah. Well, uh, there are only two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're d- halfway home.
3: I, yeah. th- I thought we did uh, a blues number uh, of some kind, perhaps. But. Yeah. It was a few well, years ago. I was only cool. nine at the time, Jerry. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, So I don't know. Hey, uh, what's the first song you're going to do? Uh, this is an old traditional Irish tune um, uh, called Farewell to Aaron, Farewell to Ireland. Great. And one of your band members is from Ireland. Yeah, this is uh, Fiat O'Regan. Uh, try to say that fast three times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's from Catamara. Yep. Um, he's an all-Ireland piper. Uh, one of the best in the world actually
1: that's unbelievable
3: yeah uh, on the illin pipes uh, the irish pipes
1: that is there.
2: So great.
3: we're
1: looking forward to that but while you're yeah. at it uh, introduce a uh, couple your other two bandmates here would uh, you okay this is maggie lander on fiddle
2: okay. and vocals
3: yeah, yep uh fantastic player and then will clark who's also you know, played at the grand Ole opry and played who who else have, oh, you, he's played with all kinds of of you know big names will clark nice Uh, okay we are
0: honored to have you guys yeah we
1: really are appreciate that uh do it please all right okay we're gonna need
3: uh you guys gonna have to help us out on
1: this but
3: uh, have any irish in the audience okay there we go (laughs) all right here goes
1: You guys perform, when you do the Christmas show, when you did the Christmas show, you may do that every year for all I know, do do you do that regularly? Yeah, we're going into our ninth year uh, of touring the show. And you do that with
3: dancers as well? Yeah, we have, uh, uh, sometimes we have a string orchestra, Uh, we have uh, Irish dancers and, yeah, clowns, dancing clowns. Wow. uh, Wow. Except for the clown part
1: that's us regularly <laughs> there, yeah <laughs> and you know Ireland and, and I have Irish roots and I was mentioning before the show that my family's from uh Dungarvan County Waterford and uh man when you travel in Ireland it and you go into pubs it's just like this it's just people yeah. just mm. jamming and it's, oh, it's and great. it's all it's all these instruments and uh you guys are all wonderful Maggie all of you guys Yes. And uh, I mean, and you see all the connections between bluegrass music. So you've got a banjo oh, yeah. player, and all of that is here because it all came from British Isles.
3: Oh yeah, it really did, from the highlands of Scotland to yeah. the yeah. the shores of uh, you know New York and the highlands of Appalachia. Yeah, it was a huge connection there, and it's to, to Norwood. To Norwood. That's oh. absolutely
0: true. Rick's from Norwood. That's how I'm, we know I'm each from time. Norway, oh. yeah. Um, <laughs> congratulations. Well, welcome to our country. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've Thank you,
2: Jerry.
1: Yeah.
3: I've mentioned this before, but I... Are, are they still... I haven't lived in Norwood for a long time. Is it still
1: slam pretty heavy? Uh, no. Norwood no. is actually... I don't know. I think Norway's wonderful, and it, but there's transition with oh, yeah. development, uh, gentrification in areas of well, it, and all was, that's happening. There was such
3: a huge migration of folks from the South that went to work at GM. yeah, Fisher Body. Oh, sure.
0: There's a great Southern influence. Here. Yes. yes. There was yes.
3: A,
1: when I was in college at Xavier, Jerry always says, I didn't go to college, I went to Xavier instead. Yes. <laughs> but I hung out in a bar called the Ken Mill. In okay. a place called People's Corner, a neighborhood, and there was a band there, Stony Mountain Boys, a guy named Boat Whistle and okay. Ma- uh, Ma- Junior McIntyre.
3: Uh, Will would probably know.
1: And and, and yeah. they were amazing, rootsy bluegrass people. <laughs> yeah. From way back. Yes. So those all of those strains run through uh, this area because it's so close to the Appalachian That's Mountains. Right. But oh, you're yeah. right. You know, the migration of people up to these factories to work hey do a second song for okay. us I,
3: I can tell you i love the. i love the name of your show it's it, tales tunes and tomfoolery yeah yeah you know that's something that i think we're kind of missing the old storytelling you know and oh, we, we do it here yeah which is wonderful <laughs>
0: um, i can't tell you we're missing it <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's funny
3: I, doing I, it. there yeah. was a um a little bit of history i was in a pub can i tell a, a really quick story yeah, go ahead I was in a pub in Scotland, and I was a professor at a university there. He was telling me uh, a little bit about American history, how the uh, the Presbyterians who were against the this is like I think it was early 1600s. They were in defiance of the Church of England. They would wear these red scarves around their necks. So when they migrated to Appalachia, they were called rednecks. Red Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. No, it's no. interesting. Yeah. They also, were. The, uh, they were also followers of King William, and they called him King Billy. Uh-huh.
0: And that's why they were the hillbillies.
3: That's it. That's it exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I told this story to Vince Gill, and he goes, I thought I was a hillbilly for an entirely different reason. Yeah, that's yeah. right.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. This is um, a song we wrote to commemorate the... Um, the uh, independence of ireland it's called aaron's chains which happened around the time of world war one
0: yeah yeah Yeah. yeah
2: Ruby
1: Nashville, Celts, uh, they've got a new album out that's called Sons of Sailors. And uh, Anyway, you got to hear them, uh, and we're going to see if we can get them to come back again. I think they wow, yeah. really need yeah. to do
0: that. In fact, wear the exact same outfits. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nobody yeah. gets that. Don't, joke, I don't right? want yeah. to. do yeah. it anyway, Jerry. Yeah. To, just uh, wear the same. It, this question may go nowhere, but... Um, there's a play on Broadway, and I- I'm going to tell you, it's just a phenomenal play about the Irish Revolution. The, uh, the it's, Ferryman. It's Ferryman. only like
3: a year old, I think, right? Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, see it. Yeah. Even if you've got to take a trip to New York just yeah. to go and see it. It is phenomenal. It is the best oh, non-musical. You saw it. Yeah, I saw it two months ago. That's why I was embarrassed not to remember the name. Fantastic. But it, it's, it's honestly the best non-musical play I've seen in years, is and it, I go uh, to a lot of them. And, and the name again is Ferryman. Ferryman, like uh, the, the ferry that goes across the river. I understand? Okay. Uh,
3: absolutely. We'll we'll check that out. Okay. It's,
0: it's the Irish Revolution, it, and it's a wonderful family story. It's great. Fantastic. It.
1: Thanks, All right, thanks, uh, Nashville Celts. Would you please take us out on "Down by the Riverside" right. and let Jerry Springer jump in on the second verse? Oh, oh my It'll be unbelievable. Gosh, this yes. is gonna
0: be un. <laughs> <laughs> it will be unbelievable. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> Truly hard <Unprepared>. to believe. <laughs> Here we go, Nashville Kels down by the riverside.
2: Coffee parlor
1: in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and
2: to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com.